Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. Welcome to the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway, where you'll learn the keys to building a profitable speaking business from speaking industry pros. Each week, we interview a great guest who will share his or her speaking journey, identify what their keys to success have been, and highlight some critical mistakes they've made along the way that you'll want to avoid. Be sure to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet this week's guest. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Spotlight on Speaking Show. I am Brett Ridgway, and I'm excited to have as my guest today, Eli Delaney. Now, Eli and I go back, gosh, probably close to 20 years, and we've crossed paths many times in advance, but Eli is your automated system strategist and is also known as the People Whisperer. He's the creator of the follow-up Rockstar System, teaching entrepreneurs how to go from surviving to thriving in any economy through the art and science of building strong relationships and following up for life. He's an Amazon bestseller with his two books, Marketing Tidbits and Networking Tidbits. With a passion for connecting people, his best-selling training course, Networking Like a Rockstar, has almost 1,400 students registered around the world. Eli helps speakers, authors, and coaches automate their follow-up to grow their business without having to be an, ha- having to have an MBA from MIT. He's a guy to help you build a 24-7 automated system and turn you into a follow-up rock star. Welcome, Eli, to the Spotlight on Speaking show. It is always a pleasure to get to hang out with you, my friend. And yes, it has been a long time. It was. It would have been, we would have met either 2007, either eight, late 2007 or early 2008. That's when yeah. we met. Now, would you remember what event it may have been at? Uh, if if you were at the, I know which event possibly it could have been. Um, it possibly could have been a Freedom Factor from Armin Marin if you were at the one in oh, Vegas. Yeah. In Vegas, yeah, yeah. And that was December 2007. If it wasn't that, then we, I know for sure that we we met at the um, big seminar in Atlanta in 2008. That was guaranteed. Right. That was that was the worst case as late oh. as we met. All right, so I apologize. I overstated. It's only been 15 years rather than 20. But hey, hey, well, you know, that, it's been a long time. We're all getting old, man. <laughs> oh, man. And all those events blend together after a while. You can't remember who you met where and when. Yeah. But, you know. No, I just, I just know, I know where our path came from. And it was a very cool path that got, that got me into a, very, very deep rabbit hole of this old internet marketing space <laughs> and the speaking space. And I still blame Armin for most of it. Well, you know, if somebody's <laughs> got to bear the blame. Armin's a good person to do that. So that's true. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about your speaking journey, Eli. So yeah. I like to say there are, are three types of speakers. You have your keynote presenter, obviously, who's paid a fee to go into a corporation or an association and deliver a talk. You have what I call your platform seller, who's obviously does content delivery and then pitches something from the back from the front of the room to sell on the back of the room. And then I have your third type, which I consider your 
regular business guy, your chiropractor or whatever, who may do a little bit of speaking to promote their primary business, but they're not really selling from the stage per se. Right. So which of those categories might you fall under under your journey as a speaker? You know, what's funny is, is to some degree, all three of them, honestly, I have done paid speaking gigs. Um, those are fun. But I also do a lot of, you know, platform speaking, speak to sell. But I also don't tend to, depending on the audience and where I'm at, I tend to not necessarily sell from stage. I sell them into a conversation that we can then really get to know each other because I, I like to I like to really know who my clients are. I'm just not selling a course. It's a it's a program where I'm like, okay, I want to make sure you're a good fit for me and I'm a good fit for you before we ever, you know, I don't want to sure. look at your credit card until then. And so it kind of leans a little bit that direction. And then I do a ton of ton of speaking for different groups, sharing, sharing what I do in order to, you know, bring in clients that way. So it's a little bit of all three, but it's kind of more of a hybrid of number two and number three than the first one. I do some paid speaking, but not a huge amount. So is there a, a preferred model out of all those? I'm, I'm guessing it's your hybrid number two, three, but. Mm -hmm. That is, that is it because I love, I love going in and being able to, as a speaker, I love the speaking part of it and the pressure to make a sale actually to me kind of ruins the the conversation. So for me, I personally love it where we can just have a cool conversation. I'm like, if this resonates with you, let's have a talk. Let's let's get together. Here's my calendar. Go book on my calendar. Let's, you know, one of my things that, you know, above my head here, if you're watching the video, says meet cool people. Um, I love to to go speak at places. I travel across the country to do this. And then I'm like, you know, picking 10 or 15 people. I'm like, hey, let's go have dinner tonight. And and the dinners are what really gets me excited because my favorite thing in the world is to get to know somebody by breaking bread and getting to know them and, and just having a real fun conversation. And so, so the speaking for me, honestly, I love doing it. It's a lot of fun. I love sharing that stuff, but being able to use that as a starting point to, to get people to want to have just a conversation with me is my favorite part of the speaking business. So how many years do you have to go back to your, do you remember that first speaking engagement? Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I can completely remember that first speaking engagement and it was terrifying. So um, the funny thing, let me, I'll, I'll go back even further. I don't know if you even actually know this. Uh, in my previous life, I was, I was a roadie. I was in the rock and roll business. And the reason that I got into doing that was because I was actually grew up in the music industry and I was actually trained, like classically trained in voice, you know, and I could play a couple of instruments, all that kind of stuff. The problem was I had stage fright. Mm -hmm. And so I, I went from being a performer to running studios and running lighting gigs and all the fun stuff behind the scenes because I was terrified to get on stage and sing. And that's how I got, you know, from that world. And then I get into entrepreneurship, started my first, you know, my first company was Web and Graphic Design Agency. And the first speaking gig I had was I had joined a chamber of commerce and went to one of their local, you know, their weekly leads groups. Yeah. And it was called the lunch bunch because I was not a morning person. I was not going to get up and talk to people at 7 a.m. <laughs> um, and I show up and, you know, it was great. It's a small group. It's like 12 people, 10, 12 people. Mm -hmm. And the, the leader of the group is this chamber rep says, hey, you know what? 
we we actually we don't have any other web designers in here so you should you should do a 10 minute presentation in two weeks we got a spot for you i'd like to get you in here as soon as possible so then that way everybody can get to know you and i'm like uh, okay i i literally took those two weeks i put together an eight page handout and it was funny because the re part of the reason why this is so fresh is because I literally told the story to somebody yesterday that was talking about their speaking career and how they're trying to get started. And so I'm trying to feel them, make them feel better about it. Um, two weeks practicing this thing. And I have this handout, hand out a copy to everybody. And I get up there and I have the paper and I'm just shaking. I'm reading it word for word, shaking, terrified. There's literally like 10, 11 other people in the room. And I, I'm terrified to do this. Um, this was also the point where I had a very, very, very big learning curve on my entire speaking personality, the how I do it down the, down the road. One of the guys in the audience in that two weeks, a guy by the name of Gary Fullington, he was mortgage guy in the group. And the first week we were there, he, um, he came up to me after and was like, uh, you know, you do websites. I need a website. Let's talk. And so we ended up having lunch and he got to know me a little bit in that two week time frame. And so he sat there, he was like in the first row. And as I'm talking, he could tell I'm terrified. I mean, not, I'm pretty sure everybody could tell I was terrified because it wasn't like I was hiding it, but he started reading ahead on my handout and stopped me and asked me questions, just like, you know, the next paragraph. And so what was happening was then he would break me out of reading my pair, my, my sheet, my cheat sheet here. And, and I would just answer the question, but I knew the knowledge. Mm -hmm. And so it was just a conversation. He's asking a question. I'm answering the question. And then he'd ask another question. I'd ask another one. And it was just, and he broke me from that terror that I had and getting out of having to read my script and I didn't even realize until years later how powerful that one moment right there was because yeah. it taught me my speaking style is very interactive. Like, I don't care if it's 10 people in that room or 300 people that I've, I've talked to over Armin stages before. It doesn't matter. You pick one person, you're having a conversation with one person at a time and you just make it a conversation, not a speech and it was like night and day difference for me and that that yeah. was probably one of the most powerful lessons that i learned and luckily i i had somebody who helped me learn that early on well that's you know a person that you think about as your you know your business career moves along that you will be forever indebted to without you know having 100 percent but i yeah you know there's definitely people that made a mark on your life that it's important to recognize the turning points that they provided you. So I did not know that about your background, Eli. I actually, I have a daughter who's a professional stagehand as her vocation. So she does okay. like yeah. the sounds for the Indianapolis Symphony and yep. you know, all sorts of events over in Indianapolis. So yeah, that's, that's what her I used word. To do. She, she loves it. She loves that all that theater stuff and all that. So mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's a, and it's great because depending on, depending on what you're doing and, and what your personality is like, it's great because you're doing the same thing day in and day out, but you're working with different artists all the time. And mm -hmm. that's pretty fun. So how have you adapted to the virtual world of speaking from the live stage in-person events? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I mean, you know, this part, I'm already a geek. So I I've got all the tools and the tech and all that kind of stuff. So making the shift to, to use 
go virtual technology wise was a piece of cake for me. Um, that part was easy. Um, obviously I had to do some investments because I wasn't prepared to go full on, you know, studio and the full green screen and all that kind of stuff. But, um, when everything happened in 2020 and we made that shift, I, I was like, okay, this is not, this is not going to go away anytime soon. We have to adjust. We have to change this. We have to pivot. And, and that was, now, every time there's a economic shift of some sort, I like to have, there's a word that goes with it. The previous one was evolve. This one was called pivot because you, you had to move on a dime. You got to move fast. And in that time frame, I had like the first week after it really came down hard and every, everything in the country was shutting down. Um, I booked 16 different podcasts slash virtual summits in one week. Because I saw people were started, they're like, okay, I got, you know, my live live event got canceled. I gotta, I gotta do something. So let's try this virtual thing. Mm-hmm. And and I'm like, all right, you need somebody, let's do this. And so the technology wise has been very easy for me. I will have to say the one part that is very hard is I don't connect as well. I I love the face to face. I love being able to look somebody in the eye. And when we're working in the virtual stage, so many times people turn off their cameras or, um, you know, they're off doing other things when you're speaking, where if I'm in a room with somebody, I can literally point at them and start talking to them. And so there's definitely some shifting on that of how do you be more truly interactive without the the same boring put so-and-so in the chat every two minutes, because you hear people do that and it just gets annoying after a while. So, um, so that's kind of my, my take on it. So let's look at your keys to success, Eli. And I want to do that both from the, the virtual world and, and the in-person live stage event. So let's start yep. with live stages. And, and what would you attribute your biggest two or three keys to success in a live event being? Uh, most important, um, I participate. So I'm not just there to show up, get on stage, do a song and dance and leave. Um, and I, and I, and to be perfectly honest, I know a lot of hosts. I mean, I've been doing this for a long time. You and I both been in the same industry for a really long time. We know a lot of people and hosts, honestly, they hate that. They hate the people that come in. They literally come in, do their presentation and then skedaddle out. Um, I'm there most of the time, you know, if I'm not there, it's because I like I might have an emergency call or something, or maybe I'm actually in a hall, not actually like truly networking with somebody or connecting with them. But beyond that, I'm there, I'm participating. I'm sitting at the tables, you know, sharing notes with the people on the table to get to know them better. Because if you want to connect with your audience better, be with them. And so in person, I think that that's honestly critical. I, I've walked into rooms and and just done amazingly well. And it wasn't, the presentation was a, was the validator that mm-hmm. I know my stuff, but the connections with the other people are what made a difference. And the hosts appreciate that and are more likely to invite you back. Oh, so important. And, and yeah, if I had to list my biggest pet peeve in the speaking industry, the hit and run speaker would be, if not mm-hmm. at the top of the list, yep. but right, right there, so... All right, how about, how, about, how about a hint number two for our listeners? Hit number two, um, make it a conversation. You know, I kind of touched on this earlier. Make it about a conversation that presenting, you know, just speaking, going through slides. Um, 
and this goes whether this is in person or virtual, make it conversational. Tell stories that that are realistic and and funny. You know, you want to tell you want to do storytelling as part of your presentation. We're all taught that. But the problem is people have either this huge story that, you know, after two minutes into it, we're bored as hell, or they forget it altogether. It's like inter interject it into it, tell little nuggets. And most importantly, give people something that's actionable. Because I've had, I've had even a, a very, very, very well-known, I guarantee anybody listening to this has heard this name, speaker that I heard them. I was super excited to hear them speak. I heard them speak. And 90 minutes later, it was, it was literally 90 minutes of rambling. And, and I got nothing of value out of it. And I'm like, okay, I don't, I, you didn't not just entice me to not buy your program, but you didn't give me anything to feel like you're an expert, even though by name, I know you're an expert, but you lost credibility instead of adding it. So give people actionable steps. That's like, I can, I can attribute this directly back to something I learned from Armin. The very first time I saw Armin speak was in 2007. It was October, 2007 at uh, Joe Polish's super conference in Mesa, Arizona. Mm -hmm. And I saw him speak. And that was the day when I knew I wanted to get into speaking because I saw him on stage and he was, he told his story. It was a very impressive story. He made jokes, you know, Armin, he's very sarcastic and, and very snarky. And he, um, he gave us literally actionable steps. It's like, okay, Step one, do this. Step two, do this. Step three, do this. Now, when you get done, you know, when you're done for the day, go back to your hotel room and go do that and then come back tomorrow. And, and that was, that was an aha moment for me. And that's how I've always integrated into my presentations. And I can tell you so, so many people have come back to me and said, thank you so much. This was out of this entire event. You're the only one that I felt like I actually got something out of. And that, I mean, that, that's a huge, huge, you know, that, that makes my heart go. So that's what we're looking for. I mean, you've heard Eli and me mention the name Arm here a couple of times. And just for <laughs> those of you who don't know, know him, he's Armin Morin and he runs Marketing University. So if you want to know more about Armin, just go to marketinguniversity.com. Yeah, you didn't so, bring me on here to plug Armin, but I mean, yeah. it's, he, he taught me a lot of good stuff. And I know, um, you know, you and I both know it pretty well. I mean, he, he's both he's had an influence on both of our lives in a great way. So yeah, anyway, so let's talk about the virtual stage a little bit now. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously, you talked about storytelling still applies to the virtual arena. But yes. are there any other distinct tips for success to profit in a virtual world as a speaker? You know what I have actually found that if you can, if you can get away from slides and, and have the conversation with people, um, just like you do on stage. And I found this, my best presentations using virtual where I might have just a basic outline ready. So I, I make sure that I stay on track because I can easily go, you know, go squirrel on stuff, but I, I'm looking at the audience. So I'm, you know, I'm doing my speaking, I'm doing my presentation, I'm sharing tips, tricks, resources, case studies, all the stuff, but then I'm reaching out. And, and when I ask the question, I'm not just asking the question to get them to interact, but I'm getting them to interact so I can interact back with them. So I'm like, hey, oh yeah, Julie just, you know, so-and-so question, Julie just answered this. That is awesome. So, you know, let's do this. <clears throat> I will also have, like my Facebook messenger over on my second monitor. 
And I'm like, I want, I want you to connect with me. And when you connect with me, what I want you to do is I want you to send me a message and I want you to say, you know, Hey, I saw you on XYZ show. And this was the thing I liked the most. And then as people are doing that during the presentation, I can see it over here and I'm calling them out. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh good. You know, Julie just sent me a message on Facebook. So yes, as soon as we get done here, I'm going to go ahead and accept that. And we're going to, we're going to have a cool chat that way you're creating more interactivity even though you're not in person. Yeah. That's huge. That is so, so huge. I can even say I did a presentation just last week. I went back to do using a slide deck and, and I don't think that it was the right choice. Um, it still turned out fine, but it wasn't yeah. what I should have done. You know, I find it a challenge, honestly, to watch the chat while I'm trying to do a presentation and mm -hmm. I just can't follow the chat whatsoever. So that's, that's not right. a skill that I have particularly <laughs> mastered in terms of interactivity because it's like... I get into a, a flow and it's kind of, you know, a brain right. dump sometimes. And it's like, yeah. I don't even recognize it that's over there. <laughs> well, when I do that, the reason I do it that way is because I have, I, like, I'll have a, a, a Google Doc that's just a sliver of my screen that I can see my bullet points. I'm like, okay, I got to go here. I got to go here. Yeah. It's just that way I cover everything and I don't forget. And like I said, don't go squirrel, you know, stage left somewhere. But uh, going back to the theater reference there. But then I'm watching the chat as I'm talking and I'm like, all right, so is this making sense? You guys got any questions? Let's, let's, let's make sure we're okay with everything. And then I get take a drink from my coffee and I'm watching that. And so then I'll just go back to that one little sheet and I'm like, okay, next point. And, and I just keep it very conversational. No different than if I had, I think of like a fireside chat. And I found that this is something that I actually do. I do fireside chats every once in a while. And they're a ton of fun. And all you're doing is you're bringing a bunch of people together and having a conversation and just chatting about a topic, whatever that topic is. Yeah. And, and so I think of a presentation in the virtual world, very, very similar when I can get away with it, if it works. Uh, well, that's great advice, Eli. And uh, I have a couple other questions I wish to ask you, but before we do, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world and now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world? If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. And we are back with the Spotlight on Speaking Show. And my guest this week is Eli Delaney. And Eli, one of my favorite questions to ask my guests is, okay, buddy, don't get embarrassed a little bit. Don't be afraid to bury your soul. And tell me maybe a couple of mistakes that you made along the way that were embarrassing at the time, but you learned a great lesson from them. And it's something you advise other people not to do. Yeah, um, there's a couple of different things. Number one, don't... There, there's a trend going out where speakers are going through training to, to become speakers, get better on that, which I do agree with. Um, but then they're investing a lot of money to speak on stages when they don't have the experience yet. And I mean, they're dumping, you know, some of them are dumping five or 10 K to get on a stage and it's a great stage. There's nothing wrong with the stage, but if you don't have that experience yet, you're not ready to be doing that because you're going to get up there you're inexperienced and you're going to, you're going to fumble. It's just, that's just a fact. You're going to yep. do that. You don't want to do that in front of a big audience where you just invested $5,000. You want to do that at a small group 
that's 10, 15, maybe 30 people do it on a virtual event because it's great and easy and you didn't spend a lot of money on flights and hotels as well. Start with some smaller stuff, get, get your feet wet, get comfortable with your presentation first, then go back and do that. Because I see, I have been in this, this industry long enough. I've seen people literally 90 K in debt going, filing for bankruptcy because they invested in all the stuff and they just didn't have enough experience to, to get the results they were looking for. It's not that their topic was bad. It wasn't that their program was bad. It wasn't that, that they, they weren't a great person. They just weren't experienced enough to warrant those kind of investments yet. So a lot of people say that you should never speak for free. Others say mm -hmm. that you should speak for free. So where do you come down on that particular issue? Um, it depends on the audience. And um, for me, like I speak for free because I know I'm going to make sales. So I am not, I, I will, matter of fact, I've even paid to speak at certain places. And there's, there's times where you can do that. Like I said, you gotta, you gotta know, be in the right place to do that. But speaking for free, I don't think is an issue. I love doing it. First and foremost, worst case scenario, you're practicing. You're practicing in front of a real audience. Practicing in front of the mirror is one thing. Practicing in front of your dog is, an, is another thing. It still ain't the same as front of, getting in front of a real audience. So especially if you're new, you take every speaking gig you can till you get at least 100 under your belt. Because then you're going to get better at your deliverability, what your content looks like, what resonates, what doesn't resonate. You're going to get a better feel for who the audience is. You know, for me, I have my basic presentations that are that are the basics of what I'm going to cover every time. Um, but a lot of times I'll come in and I'm like, you know what, this audience needs something a little bit different. And I will on the fly, I'll change it mm -hmm. because I know it's going to fit better for that audience. The only way you're going to know that is if number one, you do what I said earlier and hang out with the audience, get to know them. And two, by practicing to make it so you can do that. The fun thing about this is I, I get told this all the time. People will be like, you know, we just, we just won it and you did such an amazing job. And I'm like, that's because I've done this a lot. Mm -hmm. It's not because I'm amazing. It's because I got a lot of experience doing it. And it's like, you know, even, you know, we just get on a call. We just talk whether we get on a, on a webinar and we just talk, we're just having a conversation. I know my content. I've been doing this for almost 30 years. So, you know, it's not about that. It's about how do you find a good conversation with people and know it's okay, especially when you're starting out. I mean, even later on, I still do a lot of free ones, but when you're first starting out, you take every gig you can to get that comfort level going. And then you can start I, picking out. I agree. So maybe got one more mistake, maybe that you'd suggest people don't make? The next mistake that that I do see people make is you've got to know, you've got to know your numbers. And when I say that, I'm going to say that with some very very distinct instructions because in the speaking world, especially speak, um, speak to sell, people tend to use the term buying units. And I know you've heard this before. You go into a room and it's like, okay, speaker comes up. How many buying units do we have today? You just removed the human element from the entire experience because now you've turned the human beings that have hearts, souls, ears, eyes into a credit card. Now I'm, I'm a 
full on 100%. I am not hiding the fact that I am a capitalist and I enjoy it. I like getting paid. But there's a difference between getting paid for providing a good service and looking at people as a payday. There is a very distinct difference. So the first thing, be wary of that running into that realm. Okay. The second thing, as you get into things, you're going to need to know your numbers. And this is where this comes, it comes into play. You need to know how much, number one, what can, you know, what are my sales going to look like? And it might be a front end sale and a back end sale. And, and, you know, you got to know your numbers and, and you're not going to know those right at first. You got to figure that out pretty quick, but start tracking that information because then you have to know, is it worth it? So like I might go to an event and I might be, I mean, when I was, I was living in Portland, Oregon for a while and I was speaking in Miami, Miami, Florida, which is almost as far across the country as you can get. And I went there every month for almost a year. Um, and I knew, I mean, the flight for the hotel and, and the flight and all the stuff with it, it was not cheap. There's there, you go, go to Portland, there is no cheap flights, period. So, you know, it's like, if I look at a plane, it's 600 bucks, right? Yep. So I had to know how many sales do I have to make to make this worth my time? And knowing that speak to sell, the host is probably going to get a commission off of it. You have to know that. Track that stuff because that's the time where you may have to decide whether it's worth it or not. Because if you're out, you know, three grand just to get there, <laughs> then you're selling a thousand dollar program. If you sell three, you just break even. And technically you're losing money because you still have to deliver on it. Well, and you have to pay the promoter's cut. So you probably need it's, to sell six just to break even. So exactly. Yeah. And so you have to know that stuff. And that's where just know it. You know, if you're if you're okay with that, let's say you're selling a two thousand dollar program and you know it's gonna cost you two grand to be there and do your thing and all that stuff, then you know, it's like, okay, I need to sell two to make this worthwhile, knowing what I know about the audience, is this going to be worth it for me? Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, and when you're talking about local stuff, I'm saying, you know, if you're, if it's a half hour, hour drive, then you speak anywhere you can. But when you're talking about that kind of stuff, just know your numbers. And you may know at, at first, you may know you might run a little bit in the red to begin with, because you're learning, but you have to pay attention to that. And you have to be able to recoup that pretty quick. Or else you're going to end up being that ninety thousand dollars in debt with bankruptcy right knocking on your door. So true, so, and it's such great advice. So, right now I want to give you Eli a, a couple minutes here to tell a little bit more to people about what you do, what is it you offer, and how they can get involved in your your world if they so choose. Okay, well, thank you. Um, so, I created the Follow Up Rockstar System. That is my flagship program, and it is everything that I have learned in the internet marketing space. Everything that I've done. And what it is, is it's actually for speakers, coaches, consultants, people that use speaking as their primary marketing tool. And reality is most speakers, let's just imagine you're speaking from stage and, and you're, you're, maybe you're selling something, maybe you're not selling something, but you're using lead gen. So you're giving something away. Give me your name and email address or text this number or click this QR code or whatever it is to give away something from stage. What I find is that most people don't have a backend system for that. And most of those leads are not coming through. So you're speaking, maybe you speak in front of a hundred people. You do a rock star job. You get 10 people that are ready to rock and roll and give you their credit card right then and there and enroll in your program. What about the other 90? 
What are you going to do with those people? How do you follow up with them? Build a long-term relationship that works. And so this is what I did for myself and it worked so well. Other speakers started coming to me back, oh, 16, 17 years ago when I really first started getting into the speaking side of things. And they were coming to me and going, okay, Eli, I see what you're doing here. Who's your guy? I'm like, well, it's actually me. And they're like, cool, here's my credit card. How much? You know. And I started putting these things in place that were literally doubling my sales because of the follow-up that I put in place, that communication of playing the long game, because I would put it in place, I would build it, and you build it once and let it run forever. So this is the kind of stuff that I do with clients. I help them come up with the strategy, the psychology, and the language to build follow-up systems. And it's not software specific. As long as whatever platform you're using does what we need, that's great. I do have my preferences, and I can help people with that. But the idea is understanding the psychology of it. How do you get people to want to be on your list? How do you want to get people to want to do business with you, stick around with you and refer you? I mean, I've got people who refer me who I've known forever. They will never become clients because they just don't feel like they need me, but they're referring people to me day in and day out. And my, my claim to fame right now, I have a, my favorite story. I've got a client who... Um, September 16th, 2020, he, he replies to one of my emails. He says, hey, Eli, I've been on your list for a couple of years now. Thank you so much for everything you've done to help me out. Um, my son's starting a construction company, and I'm wondering if you can help us with some marketing stuff. And of course, that starts a dialogue, which is awesome because conversations lead to sales. But I go into my software, my database, and I'm like, okay, what does a couple of years mean? How long has he been on my list? He had actually seen me speak live at a SCORE event in Scottsdale, Arizona, July 3rd, 2010, 10 years and three months later, he's coming back to me, thanking me for everything I've done for him and referring his son's business. And I put him into a machine that just worked. I didn't manually do any of that. That's cool. And you know, it, it's interesting to be able to track something back that far and recognize what it led to over time. So if people want to find out more about how you can help them, where should they go URL-wise, Eli? The easiest way is connectwitheli.com. And Eli is with Y, by the way, E-L-Y. So connectwitheli.com. You can, there, the cool thing is, that's like the hub for everything else I do. You can find all my social, social media sites, by the way, like I said earlier, if you send me a friend request or LinkedIn request or something, let me know you saw me on this podcast. I love hearing that. And by the way, I get a ton every day the people who send me a message go to the top of the list. So I'm much more likely to accept you right away. Um, but then there, I got some free stuff and, and you can even book a call with me. I am very open about having the book a call thing. I like to, I like to meet cool people. And that's like my mantra is meet cool people. And so whether it's, we're talking about business or not, I don't care. Let's just have a cool conversation. So connect with Eli.com is the easiest way to find out anything and everything you ever want to know about me. All right. Well, we'll make sure that's down in the show notes down below. So before we wrap her up, Eli, any final words of wisdom for the aspiring speaker? You know, the biggest thing, I'm going to go back to what I said, make it a conversation. Your job is to inspire people to do something different, um, to do something better with their lives. But you don't do that with a lecture. You do that with a conversation. You do that by, by just making them feel like you actually care about them. And if you can put that into your presentation, you will be golden. 
All right. Well, so, again, such great advice throughout this episode. And I want to thank everybody for joining us today. My sincere thanks to you, Eli, for being my guest this week. And as always, I wish you the greatest of success in all that you do. And may 2023 be your greatest year yet. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. This has been the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. Be sure to join us every week as we interview speaking industry pros and have them share their best tips for building a profitable speaking business. Until next week, thank you for tuning in. And remember to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com so you can enjoy even more great episodes like this one. While you're here, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Spotlight on Speaking Show. Until then, our sincere best wishes to you for the greatest of success as you work to build your own profitable speaking business.